This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Throughout the nation and around the globe, from his heart to yours, it's Dear James Live on the radio. Here on the Contact Talk Radio Network, bringing you intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dear James Live. Express yourself, tell it like it is, and then hear what Dear James has to say. Today is Mental Health Matters, and I am back with my favorite featured guest, clinical psychologist and psychotherapist, Dr. Jan. How are you, Dr. Jan? I am great, James, and I am so thrilled to be here. What, an, what a terrific, terrific topic we're going to talk about today. It, it really is, and, and this topic is, is uh, it's very special to me. You know, mental health matters is the sense that, you know, we've got to bring to the forefront that which is being hidden, that which is not being uh, accepted in society and so forth, and, and there's a whole elegance in not suffering in silence anymore. And so this is a huge, huge topic, uh, mental health matters. And no one better than my favorite featured guest, Dr. Jan, to take your calls live and really discuss and open up about mental health and its significance and its existence and how we walk through it together as a society, as a people, and how we help one another. So I want to remind you that the phone lines are open to take your calls live today. It's 877-230-3062. And I know we have a caller holding, but I want to jump into something really quickly um, and give our listeners some statistics that are really quite revealing that surround mental health. And um, I'm going to lead off with an article that was published in Newsweek in February of this year, of 14. It was written by Victoria, and I hope I'm pronouncing her last name right, uh, Bikempis. And the statistics were, uh, the article was written around statistics that were published by uh, SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And they, in essence, said every year about 42.5 million American adults or 18.2% of the total adult population in the United States, suffers from some mental illness, enduring conditions such as depression, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia. They went on to say that 9.3 million adults, or about 4% of those Americans ages 18 and up, experience serious mental illness. That is their condition impedes day-to-day activities such as simply going to work. This That's right. And it's staggering. And so what's interesting here, Dr. Jan, is also, they, and they said that this particular, so the 2014 statistics did not diverge greatly from the last time this report was released, which was in 2012, where roughly it was 45.9 million Americans or 20% in this same demographic. So it's gone down a little per their statistics from 45.9 to 42.5 and 20% to 18.2. But you can see there's kind of a consistency in the issue of mental health and how it's affecting 
and this is just America. You know, this is yes. this is not the world. This is just the statistics for the United States of America. Yes. Um, they went on then to say in this report that not all psychiatric statisticians are satisfied with these report findings, alleging that the agency grossly understates the prevalence of mental illness. And that kind of caught my eye. And so I went then to another source, which is NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And there they talk about not one in five, but one in four and approximately 61.5 million Americans. And about. And I would say that's a much more accurate statistic, James. Right. And that's what I was kind of seeing from this. And we had talked about this briefly before we came on. And, and they, and in, with NAMI, they went on, on on some of these facts and numbers, and I want to get them out. So I'm sorry. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all of this, but you know, Dr. Chan, what was really amazing to me was here they come in then, and they really NAMI really breaks it down into roughly 20 percent of youth ages 13 to 18. So this is our youth. This is our you know the up and coming generations and so forth experience severe mental disorders in a given year. For ages eight to 15. The estimate is 13%. Approximately 18.1% of American adults, roughly 42 million, live with anxiety orders such as panic disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, obviously PTSD, OCD, generalized anxiety disorders and phobias. That's a huge amount of the population. Huge. And keeping in mind, James, that they've already kind of skewed their statistics to the seriously, what are considered the seriously psychiatrically ill. When you begin to think about just the percentage of the population that's in distress, that is anxious, uh, but still functional, um, depressed, but still functional, substance, uh, people who are using or dependent on substances, but still functional, then you begin to see an enormous swath of our population is impacted in some way, shape, or form. And, indeed, and what that says to me, Dr. Jan, is the there is a disconnection with our conscious awareness and our awareness of our soul source connection. So, in essence, we're we're diseased. We're out of balance. And I spoke last week about karma. You know, making the the, the reference that karma. You know, we always talk about oh, karma's a bitch. And I said no, karma's about balance and harmony. And when we're out of balance and harmony, we're going to see these kinds of stressors, if you will, um, and how that's affecting the population. And as you're saying, some, you know, it's going from a mild place or a functional place to these statistics, which are um, severe. Yes. You know, addressing solely the, the, um, I don't want to call it non-functioning. What would, what would, what, how would you? People who are so impaired that exactly that they're missing, they're not able to fulfill their, their, the day, what we would consider the daily palette of, of our life's work, which is to go to school or go to work or be functional in relationships and just live life in a way that we would consider normal. And I also want to uh, shine a light on something that's an indicator of this as well, James. If you think about suicide, Mm-hmm. As kind of the ultimate indicator of, uh, you know, mental health or illness, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death across all age groups. But in certain age groups, for example, in a young adult male population, it's the third leading cause of death. So uh, 
these things have to be, it's so wonderful. That's why I'm so happy we're talking about this today. Yeah, it's an amazing. And if you go on and, and you know, again, a very, a, a very prideful country and many, many countries across the globe have this pride. And when we look at our military members that yes. comprise less than 1% of the U.S. population, but veterans represent 20% of suicides nationally. Exactly. There's, there's room for discussion. And, and, and when I say room, it's imperative. This topic of mental health and our well-being goes to the, to the, uh, to the core of our humanity, let alone our, our nationality. And James, the other thing that needs to be said is, in spite of these staggering statistics, monies that are made available, be it through government funding or uh, insurance, mental health is always has least parity of any other health program. In fact, we've been fighting for years, the uh, American Psychiatric Association, American Psychological Association, any mental health providers have had to fight for mental health parity in health insurance reimbursement. Uh, so it's, and it's, it's, it's a tragic effect. It, it truly is. And I, and I want to go on with just a few more statistics here because they're, they're just so revealing. Um, and they answer to aspects that we all see playing out in our, you know, in our cities and towns and, and states across the country, let alone across the globe. Um, when you look at, and again, these are American statistics, but, you know, 9.2 million adults have co-occurring mental health and addiction disorders. Approximately 20, 26% of homeless adults staying in shelters live with serious mental health illnesses and an estimated 40%, 46% live with severe mental illness. And so, again, a disconnect of our, you know, our, uh, our aversion to talking openly and honestly about mental health. You know, there's, there's nothing wrong. You know, this is going to be funny, but this is my intuitive sense of there is nothing wrong with mental health. It's our aversion to discussing it openly and seeking to assist one another um, and seeking to correct a, um, a perception and thus our institutions around it, like you were just speaking to, the need for funding, the need for revisions in health insurance carry, you know, coverage and so yes. forth, the need for psychiatric facilities and beds and not of the old school, you know, not of when we didn't understand it, but today. Exactly. Um, because we see playing out over and over and over again on our televisions, the, the, you know, there's cause and effect, the effect of denying a mental health issue in our society. Exactly. So, I want to just do a few more statistics and then we'll continue on about our, this amazing discussion. And I'm, I'm just so thrilled you're on with me today about this. Um, approximately 20% of state prisoners and 21% of local jail prisoners have a recent history of mental health condition. So there's a direct, what they're saying here is that there's a direct correlation to mental health and act and arrest. I mean, it doesn't get any more simplified than that. Um, 70%, 70%, 
40% of youth in juvenile justice systems have at least one mental health condition and at least 20% live with a severe mental illness. Mm. That's it, it's staggering. It's a wake-up call. Yes. It's a wake-up call to everyone listening and to anyone and everyone that's being affected in some whether whether it be mild, whether you whether you're being affected with it personally or whether you know someone that's being affected. You know? James, I just have to say again uh, how how activism is so important because if you think about breast cancer and that whole one in nine campaign and then it changed to one in eight, how effective that was about having attention called to breast cancer, breast cancer awareness, breast cancer treatment prevention, monies, etc. We even have a whole month devoted to breast cancer. But when you look at these statistics, it's one in four. One yeah. in four. It, 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 horrifying statistics. Still, we have no month devoted to it. We have no funds. This is the point. This is the point you're making. Absolutely, because it's an awareness. It's and again, I'm I'm a I'm a massive believer, and I've said this many times on the show. You know, do not become the lesson, i.e., don't wear the cloak, don't become the lesson, and thereby become trapped in mental health, mental illness, if you will. But transcend it, bring it up into the light, talk about exactly. it, see what the avenues are, see why it exists in our society, in, in our beings, and bring it into that light where people can have a very open, transcendent discussion and, um, and discovery yes. of it. Yes. And in that, then, you know, we don't become the lesson of mental health, and so we, we transcend it. But if we don't talk about it, if it's sitting back behind... Um, you know, it, the, the, the Southerners have a great expression that, you know, they say, we put our crazy right out on the front porch. I love you it. Know? Yeah, I mean, I love it because it's, you know, they're, they were like, we don't hide crazy. We put it right out on the front porch. Um, and it's a really beautiful expression. However, even in that, there's a point of put it out on the front porch, talk about it, seek, seek assistance and seek help, seek to help others, you know. And, and thereby, because, you know, that, that wonderful expression, there but the grace of God go I. Yes. It's, it's a big issue. It's a big topic. So I'm going to, I want to just close on the uh, statistics with one other issue, one other thing. And, you know, sometimes it all comes down to money, which is, you know, unfortunate. But serious mental illness costs America $193.2 billion, that's a B, billion in lost earnings per year. Mood disorders such as depression are the third most common cause of hospitalization in the U.S. for both youth and adults. Common cause, depression. So, and uh, you know, serious illness, um, uh, individuals living with serial, serious mental illness face an increased risk of having chronic medical conditions and they, on average, die 25 years earlier than other Americans. Exactly. So, uh, you know, we can go on and on and on today about statistics and how they're going to, you know, shock everyone. But I think what we want to talk about today, and the reason I brought up these statistics for everyone listening, is to provide you with the enormity or the enormity of 
the issue and to ring the bell, to ring the wake-up bell that, as Dr. Jan just said, where is the month dedicated to mental health matters? Where's that wake-up call within all of us, within our communities, within our homes, within ourselves? Where is it? So today, Dr. Jan and I are, are championing mental health matters. You're listening to Dear James Live. Express yourself. Tell it like it is. And then hear what Dear James has to say. We're going to go to a quick station break, and we'll be back. to be more consciously enlightened is innate. Do you feel there's more to life? If so, find the resource that's right for you by going to dearjames.com resources. You are the reality you create. Make it a great one. When you ask a question, the universe hears you and in a multitude of ways, They seek to communicate with you to provide the intuitive insight, answers, and advice you seek. From serious to silly, monumental to mundane, there's nothing the universe can't cover. Maybe the insight you receive is exactly the affirmation you were looking for. Then again, it may just give you a whole new perspective on things. And that's the beauty of the universe. Submit your question to Dear James at DearJames.com and click Ask. The gift of giving is immeasurable. Give of your time, talent, resources, and money. Give not only because you can, but because by doing so, it is already coming back to you. As a people, we are only as strong as the least among us. Together, we harness the power of the collective whole and see through our deeds the power of miracles, both large and small. Find the charity that's right for you by visiting www.dearjames.com and click on Charitable Giving. One person or kind act really does make the difference. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dear James Live. Express yourself, tell it like it is, and then hear what Dear James has to say. Today, we are talking about mental health matters, again, with my favorite featured guest, clinical psychologist and psychotherapist, Dr. Jan. Dr. Jan, are we ready to take our first caller? We sure are, James. All right, let's go to our first caller, Michael from Los Angeles. Hello, Michael. Yes, good morning, dear James and Dr. Dr. Jan. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. yeah the, the topic is just, just, it's a wonderful topic and very complex. And I'm let, you know, I'm thinking about a, a variety of different things, one of which is, um, you know, we need to change this conversation and eliminate the stigma that's attached to mental health. I mean, that's obviously that's something that's very important. 
But when I, when I think about the topic that's being presented here, I think about where is the root of this, you know, and how do we address this uh, from a root cause as opposed to just, you know, trying to deal with the symptoms of mental illness and looking at it more broadly. And I'm also reminded of Edgar Cayce's triune self, between uh, the balance between the body, mind, and spirit. So I guess my, my question is, uh, to what extent is our shift in reliance, almost a blind faith, an unconscious autopilot response to the, to the, let's say, the socioeconomic political structure that's in place currently? Uh, this, this shift that, you know, we're, I get the impression sometimes that we're cattle being led into a field. Uh, and and this, this has led us to not take responsibility and control uh, of our own lives. Um, and then, on top of this, this is where it gets complex for me. I'm thinking about the, the Uranus-Pluto square that, you know, we're in, we're in the middle of it right now, having just gone through the fifth square and moving very rapidly towards the sixth square in March of this year. How is, how is this system, the system that we live in, uh, as well as the universal energy that's, that's a part of us, contributing to this imbalance between body, mind, and spirit? And, and, I, and, and I look at that and I ask the question based on how do we deal with the issue of mental illness uh, from a root cause, but also address those, those contributing factors that are, that are leading to these, uh, these just astonishing uh, statistics that were just presented. Well, I, I want to jump in quickly and say something to you, Michael, about, um, A, thank you for being incredibly articulate about the topic, number one. Um, and number two, there was you made a, a statement about root cause and and the control and so forth, or, or our lack of responsibility in the dynamic that we're you know that there's in essence a a very unconscious society and and how do we correct that and so forth and and one of the things that I would I would say to you with mental health is most times we are quote unquote can, trying to control everything. And therein lies one of the root issues that I feel like the universe is repeatedly saying over and over again to us, which is surrender to your soul. We've been allowing the ego self, you know, the identity self to lead or to control. And that gets us into trouble. We go swimming up the river. We go against the grain. We're flowing against our life force. And when we surrender to the soul, and it's not surrender as in get up, or, you know, give up and be run over by the truck and, you know, we, we have no control, it's to come into empowerment. Surrendering to your soul is empowerment and it immediately aligns you with your life force, with your soul source connection. And that will instantaneously, once you become aligned and become comfortable with that, it immediately starts eradicating this dis-ease that we're feeling that you're that you're having, and and I don't want to I don't want to negate, and I want Dr. Jan to jump in on this too because I don't want to negate the, the the realization, the reality that there are, you know, chemical, um, chemical, biological, these types of um, items that exist and that affect um, the human psyche, the human existence. And so it's not as though what I, I'm not at all saying just align with your soul self, you know, your soul source connection, and thereby life's going to be great for you because that will work for many. And then there's going to be another segment of the, of the population that still then has um, 
additional medical type scenarios that must be addressed in concert with that work. Yeah, and this is how this is, uh, Michael, again, thank you. James said it perfectly, so articulate on this. So we can look at this, this very complex issue on many levels. Certainly, every society makes decisions about who is sane and who is not sane. And in societies where power and control, as James said, and where power and control play a very big role, the powers that be have a very vested interest in creating people who are, who are insane. And we've seen Russia do it when there are people who are speaking truth to power. They, they, Russia, North Korea, any repressive societies can create mental asylums for people who are actually just political activists. Uh, in our own society, Based on how we are, uh, we have lost our core as a, as a society. We are a consumerist society. We're driven by the need to spend, spend, spend. Uh, we don't have a sense of community. There's a lot of research that shows that small tribal groups do not have what we consider mental illness because they are bonded in community and, uh, they have a lot of tolerance for lots of different kinds of behavior. So we know that one person's crazy is another person's normal, and that is so important to understand. What I think we really want to hone in on is, and, and to speak to the astrology, yes, and, and um, we're actually uh, at the sixth of seven. Uh, it, it, Michael, you were so kind to only give us six of these, but we actually have seven. And so we have just gone through the sixth of sort of planetary impacts, and it's very well known that astral bodies affect our mental health. The oldest look at this was the influence of the moon and how anybody can look around and see that when the moon is full, there is much more pressure that exists in society. Police officers, my dad was a cop. He knew that when the moon was full, there was going to be higher incidents of domestic violence, just people kind of breaking down. Uh, so planetary influences, the impact on planetary movements on mental health and behavior. So these two planets that have to do with a, a real destabilization, a sense of uh, in, uh, increasing pressure, pressure cooker situations could not be more clear when Pluto and Uranus square each other as they have done six times. They're going to do one more time in March. So yes, that we're all more sensitive and one of my go ahead James sorry and i just wanted to jump in on something too that going back to michael talking about changing the conversation and and how it's also about the fact that and dr jan just said this about societies when when we look at a society as a whole when you have a very thriving village family society city country the the mental health you know from the mildest forms and so forth, decrease. Why? Because people don't feel isolated and are not anxiety-ridden about their future, about where they're making their living, how they're providing within their family unit or their, for themselves. And so there's a point at, at which we also need to look at as a society and as a people, what are we doing in terms of the betterment, you know, changing, how do we come to a place of betterment? Because when you see... Um, the imbalance, the disease, the imbalance between levels of society, that anxiety increases. The mental health anxieties start to increase and they start to display themselves in 
acts of violence or aggression or acting out, you know, it exasperate, exasperates the issue. And so we need to start having a direct dialogue about the health of our society, the health of our families and our cities and our, you know, our governments and so forth. They play a role in the mental health of its people. There's a correlation here, and, and there needs to be a discussion about that so as to bring everyone back into balance. And do we have a little more time before the break to talk about this, James? Cause Absolutely. There's some, okay, so, so another to, to, to your points. First of all, we know that ba- babies, fetuses of mothers who are highly anxious or depressed, become depressed in utero. And this is because brain pathways begin to develop and, uh, and after the baby is born with higher levels of cortisol, higher levels of stress hormones, pathways in the brain that would normally be protective against depression, protective against increased anxiety, don't form. So these babies grow into more stressed children, more stressed adults, and we've got to you know, having this conversation, we stop it upstream. We start to look at, as at, to Michael's point, what are the conditions that are, that are stressful to us? Well, it's very stressful right now that unless you have two people in a household, two adults in a household working full time, you can't make it in America. And often, even when two people are working full time, you need more than one job. Now you've got two people working at least one job a piece, often three jobs between. Then you have children who are latchkey children. They're not able to be attended to. We live in a society, again, to the point of no social bonds where kids don't have uh, care providers outside of school. So everyone is increasingly isolated, increasingly stressed, and there's decreasing time for bonding and community and coming together. And all of this is protective against mental illness. The other thing I want to mention is there's this lovely movie. I don't know, James, if you've seen it or if our caller has seen it. It's called Lars and the Real Girl. It's a beautiful movie. If, if our audience hasn't heard it, please see it. Lars and the Real Girl. Because it ta- it's set in this very small community where one of the members of the community is clearly mentally ill. He is having a relationship with a plastic uh, blow-up doll. And he falls in love with this plastic blow-up doll and has a complete love relationship with this doll. And the family, rather than uh, overreact, of course, they're quite concerned. They go through all the proper channels, but they handle it as a community. And eventually, he becomes cured of his, his at that time, what would be considered a schizophrenia. He, he becomes cured of that and has um, begins to establish normal relationships. It's a lovely movie. Yeah, I have not seen it. And, and, and it's interesting because it's reminding me of something that we do, which is we typically shun mental health. You know, we, shun right. meaning when we see the effects of mental health playing out, we get scared and we shun it and we, we push it away and we, we try to isolate it and control it. And, you know, we try to literally lock it away because nobody, yeah. you know, nobody wants to look at their quote unquote crazy. And and we need to stop doing that and stop talking in that manner and really start realizing, and this is about back to Michael's point, changing the conversation. What is it we are to learn 
from these um, expressions. These are soul expressions that are playing out in front of us. They're playing out in our families. They're playing out in our cities, our towns, our communities, our churches, you know, our countries. They're playing out. And they're here for a reason. You know, when we, as a, as a person, as a people, can start looking to say, what am I to learn? What is the gift? Because if we don't see that it's a gift to start, we're missing, we're missing the whole messaging. And I, I know we're having a slight technical difficulty, so I want to go to a quick commercial break, um, and we'll come back after, after that break. You're listening to Dear James Live. Express yourself. Tell it like it is, and then hear what Dear James has to say. We'll be right after. We'll be right back after this break. Available for private, individual, group, and corporate consultations, Dear James will provide you with the intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions. Schedule your consultation by going to www.dearjames.com and click on Consultation. The gift of giving is immeasurable. Give of your time, talent, resources, and money. Give not only because you can, but because by doing so, it is already coming back to you. As a people, we are only as strong as the least among us. Together, we harness the power of the collective whole and see through our deeds the power of miracles, both large and small. Find the charity that's right for you by visiting www.dearjames.com and click on Charitable Giving. One person or kind act really does make the difference. When you ask a question, the universe hears you, and in a multitude of ways, they seek to communicate with you to provide the intuitive insight, answers, and advice you seek. From serious to silly, monumental to mundane, there's nothing the universe can't cover. Maybe the insight you receive is exactly the affirmation you were looking for. Then again, it may just give you a whole new perspective on things. And that's the beauty of the universe. Submit your question to Dear James at DearJames.com and click Ask. When you ask a question, the universe hears you. And in a multitude of ways, they communicate to you the intuitive insight, answers, and advice you seek. Ask Dear James a question and experience the magic of the universe. Visit DearJames.com and click Ask. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dear James Live. Express yourself. Tell it like it is, and then hear what Dear James has to say. Again, we are talking about mental health matters. 
with my featured guest, clinical psychologist and psychotherapist, Dr. Jan. So, Dr. Jan. Yes. Great caller, Michael. Very incredibly articulate in raising issues of changing the dialogue. How does society and our infrastructure play a role in, you know, kind of like the the blind blind sheep jumping off the mountain, so to speak? Um, How the series of uh, angles by Uranus and Pluto that have been playing out since uh, 2012, and they'll end, as you said, in March of 2015. Um, And what's at the root of mental health? And I'm really glad you came back to that. Uh, James, because part of changing the dialogue and bringing this out into the open is so many people don't want to go to their physicians when they're having symptoms because they don't want to be medicated. And we are such an over-medicated society and medication effects are one of the leading causes of death in our society. And and I would say, quick, they don't want to be ostracized or judged. That's right. That's right. And so, again, we, we've got to change the conversation so that people can use their insurance benefits to, to be helped. But what I, but I, I want, agree. what I want people to also hear is that we're learning more and more all the time functionally about what can cause uh, derangements in our behavior. And so often it's linked to biochemical imbalance, the imbalance of biochemistry. And so the effects of our, our toxic world, heavy metal poisonings, um, too much, uh, different food substances that we're taking in, food allergies, lack of nutrients. Anybody who's chemically imbalanced can begin to look quite mentally ill. And so whenever, for example, when parents come to me and they bring their child, particularly if they bring their child, and their child is exhibiting behaviors or symptoms of mood disorders, etc., the first thing we do is we look at biochemical pat- uh, biochemical panels, we look at food allergies, we look at toxins in the environment, we look at heavy metals. Because kids so often, first of all, they're the, they're like the canaries in the mine shaft. They're the first ones to show symptoms and they're the first ones to improve when their diets are cleaned up, when they're given proper supplementation or if the heavy metals are taken out of their bodies. Even gut, you know, we've got more brain cells in our guts than we have in our heads, in our brains, literally. And so what naturopathic medicine or world tradition medicine has understood forever is that if you treat the gut, if you clear up how the intestinal system is functioning, depression eases. 27% of people who are depressed have also been constipated. I know that's kind of like, what? Yeah, their guts aren't functioning properly. They're out of balance. They're not being They're cleansed and purified because exactly. the intestine is meant to, you know, it's what exactly. we're taking in. You know, it's like it's that's the right. old expression, garbage in, garbage out, or yes. the garbage gets stuck. Yes. And, and something else that you mentioned that I want to go back to with, with youth and the, and, you know, we also need to begin understanding. We have this understanding that the, the generation that's coming in, the children, the, our youth that we're taking, that they don't know anything and that we're to raise them and teach them and provide and show them life. And there's a massive disconnect here on, and you're talking about the first ones to, to demonstrate signs and so forth are the youth, are the children. They come into this world as whole, complete souls. They are coming to teach us. It's a two-way street. It is a reciprocal connection. And what struck me from an intuitive standpoint as you were talking about that was 
they're demonstrating to us our imbalance, our dis-ease. So well said. Our, we're not in harmony, and we're back to the word karma. So we're talking about the fact that our youth are the first indicators. You know, they're, they're the first responders showing the rest of us that have been here, hey, something's out of balance, something's out of whack. Exactly. And we need to start looking at all of the, uh, you know, all of the uh, stressors, you know, so like you were saying from yes. these biochemical things to the, what are the nutrients? What's the discussion? So what are we feeding them with the media? What are they seeing on television? What are they hearing? What exactly. exactly? And when you've got children uh, that under five, under the age of five, who want to kill themselves, we never, Something's 20 wrong. years ago, you never <laughs> saw it. Right, exactly. No. Something's very wrong. That would be so minute a possibility 50 years Correct. ago. Correct. Correct. And unheard of. Unheard of. And yet what you keep seeing is... This point in, in, and especially kind of somewhat in the teenage years, and, and understandably, yes. teenage years are stressors. We understand that because you're, you're shifting, but yet you're seeing at a much higher rate in today's society, youth, um, suicides. Yes. And I'm so glad you came back to this, James, because you had talked about a little earlier some that we see acting out right. and violence. But so much more what we see is acting against the self, what would even be called, you know, cutting, self-mutilation, those kinds of things, uh, anorexia, bulimia, all the eating disorders in boys and girls, you know, young women and young men. Uh, and, and then the perpetration of violence and bullying against each other. And none of this exists in societies where the fabric is intact. Indeed, where it's in balance, where there is a harmony and a responsibility and an accountability to oneself and each other. And and James, again, to get back to what your show is all about, it is really about understanding that we are bigger. We are part of something bigger. We We are a soul that has a body. And I want to get right back to the research because this proves your point. There, we were in the 60s. There was a whole evolution of the use of hallucinogenic substances like mushrooms, LSD, mescaline, etc., to bring people into a transpersonal awareness that we are bigger than we know. Now, that became quickly outlawed, and that is back to Michael's point about what a government will allow its people to experience. That became outlawed. However, there's been a resurgence in the use of these substances with specific populations. So this this is going to blow your mind, okay? Blew my mind. Now, people that have been diagnosed, the, the people who are most likely to become very depressed are those with terminal illness, a death sentence. They've been using these hallucinogenic substances with people with terminal diagnoses and people who have gone in depressed come out transcendent, Mm. no longer afraid to die because to a person, they come in and say, I have seen that I am bigger Mm. than this body. I am bigger. I've experienced it. They've experienced it and they're not afraid anymore. The other group of the other population that's being so well served by these substances are post-traumatic stress disorder victims. And go ahead. ahead, Because they're remembering that they have a soul. It, that indeed. is bigger. They're than being the reconnected. Story. That soul source connection it, is being exactly. being 
seen for sometimes for the first time or understood for the first time. Experience. You can't just read about it. And the two most beautiful books that were written, uh, an essay by, uh, Aldous Huxley called The Doors of Perception and then a book by Alan Watts called The Joyous Cosmology. They both say so beautifully and they wrote these back in the fifties and sixties having experienced these states said two things. One is that you cannot read about it. You must experience it. And the second is that there is a suppression of consciousness that is keeping us from who we truly are. And that is the root of mental illness. Indeed. And I want to, uh, two things before we go to our, our uh, next caller is and when we're talking about hallucinogenic drugs and so forth from the 60s and uh, that have been, have been banned and are now being used, they're being used in very, um, with great oversight and great care and great administration in that sense. And so for anyone listening, both myself and Dr. Jan are not saying go run out and try LSD or masculine or something like that. That's not what's being said here. What's being said is there are, um, there are opportunities and in, in controlled and managed ways, or that just the awareness of your soul to get back to your soul, your soul source connection. Right. That's my point, James. Exactly. Indeed. It doesn't have to be the me- the, the plant medicine. It, it exactly. Can, anything that reconnects you to your source and to your soul is going to be tremendously um, mending of your soul. Indeed. I mean, simple nature. I mean, they're showing me in my head nature, just the simplicity nature of walking therapy. amongst the sequoias. You know, I mean, how breathtakingly soulful is that. And and just so you know, as a reminder, I am a clinical psychologist, a licensed clinical psychologist. Everything we're talking about, including nature, yoga, nutrients, etc., have all been researched. There's not a thing we're talking about now that doesn't have a solid base of scientific research behind it. Indeed. So with that in mind, let's go to our next caller, Lovingly Kel from Tennessee. Hello, Lovingly Kel. How are you? Hello, James. I'm fine, thank you. Wonderful. I just wanted to add my two cents on your conversation. Please. Um, I I take these um, pharmaceuticals for uh, mental health, as it were, and the effects that I've had over the years. Um, well, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, I think the medication alone has affected myself. Um, when I was first diagnosed with um, anything, um, I didn't think I would be able to or have to go on this medication. Um, but I found that the medication itself has become the problem. So how do you, how do you and Jan see this? I'm so glad you called in because, again, I, I want to say, first of all, also, that there's a time and a place for medication. I have a very integrative practice. I always have. And I have patients in my practice where... Clearly, medication was needed, and when it was administered in the right dosage, in the right way, they had tremendous benefits. So for anyone listening who is on medication and is and it is working well, that is wonderful. It's a, it's a blessing. However, so often, as in, with our caller, the medication itself, it, it's so imperfect. We have such imperfect medicines, and then they begin a host of their own effects in the body and side effects in the body, and it becomes very difficult to know what to do. Um, so for, for our caller, um, can I just ask also, have you ever 
added any kind of complementary or alternative medicine along with the medications you're taking? Uh, no, not not without the direct consent or consultation of my doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I don't go see a doctor generally for anything, mm-hmm. um, but specifically for the reasoning that I started taking the medication. Um, it, right. It's just whatever that uh, doctor has prescribed for me. So, no, I don't take oh. anything else. Okay, and this is why it's so wonderful that you're calling in because there's a host now of information and resources where you can become a much more informed and aware person and then take that knowledge and go back to your own doctor or look for another doctor perhaps that can support some other strategies. So I want to give you a resource. There's a wonderful psychiatrist. He's he's a board-certified and award-winning medical psychologist, excuse me, he's a medical doctor, he's a psychiatrist. His name is Richard Brown, Dr. Richard Brown. He's written many, many, many books on many things, including a commonly available um, supplement called SAM-E that I use all the time with my clients. It helps with depression and anxiety. Um, But he wrote a beautiful book called How to Use Herbs, nutrients and yoga in mental health. He's not the only author of this book, several other experts in those fields. The reason I'm recommending this book is because it's like a treasure trove of resources of all the research that's been done and the most up-to-date research that's being done on non-medical approaches to mental health issues. And what I want to tell you is that there are several treatments that are as effective and more effective. For example, you can give a patient um, a lavender capsule, a capsule that just has lavender oil in it, uh, and it works as well or better than a benzodiazepine like a Xanax or an Ativan with zero side effects. These are things that are not commonly known. There are other supplements or even just the idea of, anyway, without going too far off the field, I'm going to say that again, Richard P. Brown, How to Use Herbs, Nutrients, and Yoga in Mental Health. And reading a book like this will give you confidence to go to your doctor and say, hey, look, I'm, I'm really happy or I'm not so happy with how things are going. I, I'm, I know you care for me, but... Can we look at this? Can we look at that? And here's the research. I'm not just uh, talking off the top of my head or it's not the most recent Dr. Oz show. I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, this is sound medicine. And, and I wanted to say lovingly, Kel, as well, two things. One, thank you for having the courage to call in live because I know yes. that that takes, you know, it takes courage to do that. And the other thing is, from an intuitive standpoint, what I was getting as well is there's a point at which um, – there's a uh, where you're going to come into a greater awareness of and, and hear this the right way, kind of accountability and responsibility, meaning what Dr. Jan is saying is, you know, the onus is on each of us to research what are my options. And if I and, and I what I'm getting is that your soul, your body is telling you these things are affecting you in a way that are either harmful or, you know, or causing additional things. And yes, that's a side effect of medicine. But what it's really saying to you is look deeper, look broader, because you are the captain of your ship, of your vessel. And so we sometimes get, um, you know, lost or complacent or frustrated in this is what they've told me. This is what I have. And I'm, I'm feeling isolated and, and, you know, 
frustrated. And so I just kind of keep doing it because I know it's the one thing that I, that they've given me. And yet I know that it's now causing other things. So it's a reminder for us to be proactive. And, and in that again, you know, it's control, but it's surrendered control. It's your soul saying to you, look deeper, look broader. And I know that you and I will have a discussion more about this. Uh, you're going to get a 30 minute intuitive reading from, from myself. So I'm going to talk to you more about that because that's what I'm getting on a soul level is, um, empowerment issues. You know, there, there's going to be opportunities, not issues, opportunities. Um, and that's very much what Dr. Jan just spoke to. Um, and, and even more. So there's, there's more coming there. So thank you so much for calling in. We're down to our last thank three you minutes. So much. Um, How did this happen, James? My goodness. I know, can right? I, it just yeah. flies. Can I quickly mention one other resource for folks who Absolutely. are listening? There's a beautiful book also about gut and psychology syndrome, gut and psychology syndrome. So if anyone feels like diet or nutrition might be playing a role, they can look that up. <clears throat> the, the, uh, they could go to the gapsdiet.com, G-A-P-S-D-I-E-T.com. And the, the author of the gut and psychology syndrome is Natasha Campbell McBride. Perfect. And I, and I want to say to all of our listeners, this is a huge topic, and I am so thrilled and honored that you tuned in, that you listened, that you called in. And with that, we're going to do a uh, – I'm tossing this one out at Dr. Jan live, but we're going to do a, a Mental Health Matters too, because there Love are it. so many amazing things about alternative therapies, uh, homeopathic therapies, you know, and things about this that broaden the discussion and broaden the awareness and broaden your, your, uh, your soul surrender, you know, and this empowerment that comes with it. And that makes for a very healthy and balanced self. And that's right. And James, again, to your credit, I just want to say when we had our conversation about this show, I kept focusing on like, yes, it's the holidays. It's a tough time of year. And to your point and to your credit, you said, no, this is an issue that is all year round. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's it's just one dear to my heart, and I, I look forward to the Awareness Month of Mental Health Matters. So with that, to all of you, when you come into the holidays and we're down to the last minute, step in with ease, step in with grace, step in with centeredness. Don't let stressors and other things and other people get in your way of, of having a centered, peaceful holiday. You've been listening to Dear James Live. Express yourself. Tell it like it is and then hear what Dear James has to say. Mental health matters. And as I always close with, no matter where you are or whom you're with or what you're doing, wrap yourself in goodness. Thank you all so much and we'll see you back next week. You've been listening to Dear James Live on the radio with your host, Dear James. Gain intuitive insight, answers, and advice to your life questions and so much more by tuning in next week and visiting DearJames.com.